going. Today's daf is daf Samach Gimel, page 64 in the Heilig Gimel Nazir. And we pick up four lines from the bottom at the two dots. Everybody, a moment to find the place. The Mishnah on the top of Pei Gimel Amud Aleph, Samach Gimel Amud Aleph, I'm sorry, on 63a, taught us that if you have a Nazir, he already shaved his head. After shaving, he found out that he had become Tomei prior. So the Mishnah had said, if it's a known Toma, which we explained the Gemara means anybody could have known, uh, any, there was one person who knew about it, so then he loses out on his Naziris, he's Tomei. However, if it's Tomas Tahaim, if it's a Toma of the deep, which is beyond anybody's knowledge, there's no way for him to have known it, it was a random crazy thing that he found out now, like they were digging up a road to build a mall and they found a dead body and punk it turns out he walked on that road and it has to be he walked over so in Tumas at the time we said he's not going to lose out uh, on his days that's only if he already shaved because Lamaisa he's done he's pretty much done right he's there to bring his carbonis here however if he didn't shave yet then we're going to say we need to be careful and the Mishnah gave an example the Gemara says what's an example of Tumas at the so, or none. So, or or uh, what's the case where we're entering this this uh, variable of Tomas Satahim? So it says, if he went to a cave to go to the mikvah, and it turns out there was a dead body floating on top of the water. So since on top of the water, if he was going just to cool himself off, he's going to be Tahar. If he went down to remove the Tumah, then he's going to be Tomei. Meaning if he went in Tomei, then we're going to say, you had a status of Tuma, your Tuma continues. If he went down thinking he's Tahar, and he just went to take a dip in the cool water of a cave, so he went in with the status of being Tahar, he had no intention of using it as a mikveh, he was going for a swim, so then he's going to remain, uh, he's going to remain Tahar. That was the Allah of the mission. So this is where our Gemara picks up, and the Gemara explains, Ketzad Yarad. We gave the differences between whether he went down in a state of Tuma, where he went down in a state of Taras. Here we go. Tzofa in a Matamal Indian Sheretz. Says the Gemara, if you have the dead body was floating, Eina Matamal Indian Sheretz, it's not going to, he's not going to become Tomei as far as the laws of Sheretz is concerned. Meaning as far as Tomas Mace is concerned, perhaps we'll be strict if he was going to immerse from Tuma, but not as far as Tomas Sheretz. Now it's not clear what the circumstances are when how he became Tomei with a floating Sheretz. But let's get into this. The Tani, we learned in a Brisa. Suffolk Tuma Tzofa, if you have a Suffolk Tuma that is Tzofa, that is floating on top of the water. Okay, now g- give me a case. Simple. There's a guy swimming. Guy swimming in a river. Guy swimming in a cave. And there's something floating next to him. Something Tomei. And he doesn't know whether it touched him. He's unsure, right? These kids in the pool, they play a game. Um, I'm sure I did it too, but in camp, I say when I'm lifeguarding these kids. So they play a game where you have two kids who go underwater, one guy is standing there, and they have to swim through underneath the other kids without touching. And then they come out of the water and they have a whole shiloh. The kids say, yeah, you touched me. He's like, I didn't touch you. Maybe my back of my bathing suit touched you. Nothing, I, I made it through. They have a whole shiloh. One guy felt the touch, one guy said, you can have a shayla, you can have a suffix. I don't know if it touched. There was, there was movement of the water. I'm not sure whether this tummy thing touched me. So, so you have suffix tumat suffix. Bein bekelem, bein bekarka. Whether it's inside of a kli 
whether the water is in a clean, meaning this is a natural body of water, or whether the water is inside of a, uh, whether it's in a karka, which is natural, whether it's in a kli, so a large fish tank, uh, man-made uh, pool, okay, a pool. So tahira, in these cases, you're going to be tahar. Either way, okay, tar. Rib Shimon Aimer, bekelim tamea, bekarka tahir. Kalim, you're tamei, karka, you are Tahar. And as we mentioned yesterday, we're now going to turn to today's daf. As we mentioned, land, land, not natural body of water. So you mentioned yesterday, notice this is a sli- this is a, a different approach than the halacha of Safik Toma Bershus Harabim Tahar, Safik Toma Bershus Hayachid Tame, right? In a public domain, if we're in doubt about Toma, you're Tahar. In a private domain, if you're in doubt about Toma, you are Tame. That's a rule here. Now we're, Gemara seems to be quoting a Brisa that's letting us know that there's a separate thing that we're going to be taking into account here, which is called floating Tumah. Because again, we're dealing with Kalim, we're dealing with Karka, and this is despite the fact that maybe it's all Rosh Hashayachin. You have a natural body of, the, the, if, it seems if the Tumah's floating on a, on a natural pool of water that's privately owned, a guy owns his land. He owns the lake. He owns the pond. It's his. Seems, you know, you can still, it can still be tar. Even though it's Rosh Hashayach. It's interesting. So let's get into this floating Tuma conversation. My time in Tanakama. What's the reason for the Tanakama who says that you're always tar if you're in doubt about floating Tuma? Amar of Yisrael Dimi Ksiv Bechol Sheretz Hashayretz Any Sheretz that is creepy crawly creaturing, which means kol makom shehu sheretz. Wherever it crawls, uksiv al haaretz, and it also says, where do these sheretzim crawl? Al haaretz, crawling on the ground. That's where it gives off tuma. Okay, so what's the what's the scenario here? Vaday magoi tami. If you know for sure that you touched it, you know you touched this dead sheretz. We're gonna say tami. But if you're in doubt about whether or not you touched it, we're going to remain tar. Okay, because apparently, somehow, someway, according to Tanakama, since the Pasuk seems to imply that it has to be creepy, crawly creature on the ground, but it also says anything that anything that's that is a creepy, crawly creature, make up your mind. Does it have to be on the ground? Does it have to just be the creature? Which one is it? As it says, makes a difference. Makes a difference whether you're a vada or a suffix. Vada, you're tame, uh, even if it's on water and not on the ground. I know for sure I touched it in the, in, in the pool. Tame, suffix, I'm going to be tar. Ribshim, my time. And why does Ribshimin argue? Amarul says, ksiv ach mayan. It says, but the spring. Uksiv yitma araref. And it also says, you'll be tummy until the evening. Okay, so what's the Allah? How does this pan out? Tzofa bekelim, tummy. If it's inside of a kli, you're going to be tummy. Bekarka, if it's on the ground, tahar, you're going to be tahar. Okay. Rav Shimon holds, if you, if you um, have a suffix, shari, uh, if you have a, uh, certainly you have a dead shara floating there, you have a suffix, whether or not you touched it, if it's in the ground, you're going to be tahar. That's the first part of the pasuk. But if the sharetz is inside Something which is a kli, if it's inside of a vessel, now we're going to have to be machmir. You know why? Because it's not a mayan. Ach, mayan. But a spring will be strict on. 
If it's a mayan. If it's not a spring, it's a man-made pool, by a suffix, we're going to be, uh, uh, I'm sorry, okay, tzofa bekelem, tamei bekarka tar. If it's, uh, if it's karka, if it's in the land, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, tar. Okay. So again, if it's in a kli, we're going to be tummy. If it's in the ground, it's not going to be tummy. It's going to be tummy in anything that does, that's not like a pit or a spring. Okay, here we go. So that explains the halacha of going down to the spring and the machlekes. Now we're going to keep going on this topic of tumma that's on top of the water. And again, the... Just keep in mind, in general, we have this halacha learned from Sota that a Sufik Toma versus Sayachid is Machmir. Sufik Toma versus is Tami. Sufik Toma versus Arabim is Tahar. Because we have a unique Pasuk of floating, so it's going to have a different parameters around that halacha, and that's what we're getting into now. Tanar Abar and the rabbis learn socially. Kol Hani Tolin, anything that is nittel, anything that is <coughs> held. So I have Tumah that I'm holding. I'm holding Tumah. The Hanigrarim, or Tumah that's being Nigrar. Nigrar is to drag. Okay, on, for example, you're not going to drag a bench on Shabbos because you're making furrows all across the grass. Right, Nigrar. So if I have Tumah and I'm schlepping the Tumah behind me, I'm dragging the Tumah. Okay? So, Kolani Tolavanigrarim, anything that I'm holding or dragging, Sveikon Tame. If I'm not sure whether I the Misa touched it, okay, so I'm still going to be Tame. Because we view holding and schlepping as if something is in a set spot, because we're we're, we're gonna keep the chazaka. Basically, we're going to let everybody keep their status. If he started out tar, we'll allow him to remain tar. And we'll explain this. Fahan is rakim. Let's say you have Tumah that was thrown. Okay. Now, I throw, uh, I'm practicing having a catch, and the ball goes over the fence. My kid's very sad that I'm not playing catch with him now. So I, I, I'm looking around the backyard, I find the dead charrots. It's like, you know what? Let's play with this. Let's play with the dead shirts. So we, ha- we start playing catch with the dead shirts. Okay, whatever. Just making up a story. Now, that dead shirts, while it's in the air, while it's being thrown, maybe touch something. Touch something. So the shayla is whether that thing is still tar. Van is rakim, sveik on tar. For suffolk, whether touch, it's going to be tar. Chutzmin kezayis hames. Except if the thing that you're, except if we're dealing with the kezayis of a mace. Okay, so you have a kazais of a mace. Now this is not a funny scenario, but God forbid you have a bombing. You have a terrorist bombing and people explode. Okay, so yeah, now you have pieces of a mace. The guy's now dead and the shama's left him and you can have body parts that mamish fly. So that body part, if it flies over something, could give off tumma. There we're going to be machmir. Okay, if you have a gezayis of a of a person that's thrown uh, that's thrown into the air, if we, even if we're in doubt whether or not it went over something, it's going to be 
and also anything that's going to be a roof, create a separation on top of Tuma. And anything that the Tuma extends both above and below. So you have something, whether anything above it, you have a dead, dead person, right? Anything beneath it is going to become Tame. And anything above is going to be Tame as well. Which includes as well a Zav and Zava. Okay, because over there, the, um, if you have a Zav that sits on top of something, anything that's underneath the thing that the Zav is sitting on, even if he's not directly touching it, but underneath, is going to give off Tumah. So you see that the Tumah of a Zav can extend beneath him. It doesn't only, uh, extend, doesn't only extend to things uh, above him. Asuya Zav is Zava. Okay, so that is the Halacha of the Brisa. Omar... Uh, I'm sorry, Ba'i, Rami Barachama, Rami Barachama, it's question for information. Mei Ukli Tzaf Al Hamayim. What about, now we're going to get into our scenario of floating Tuma. What happens if you have a body inside of a Kli? So call it a coffin. You have a body floating in a river inside of a coffin. And it's on the surface. Mahu, what is the Allah of, I don't know whether or not I touched the mace. Do we say that we consider this to be a vessel and we should be lenient? Your tahar. Or do we say that since the dead body is inside of the kli, listen closely, and the dead body is underneath the surface of the water, it's not a surface kli, it's not a surface tom anymore. See, the, the vessel's on the surface. The body inside the vessel is beneath sea level. It's beneath the water level. So do you look at the Kli and say it's floating Toma? And therefore I could be lenient. Or do we look at the body that's laying on the bottom of the box and say that I need to be, uh, I need to be Machmir. I, 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 we're going to consider this to be uh, Tome. It's inside of a box. Now, Im Tim Tzalaymar is going to be a long question. Ready? With a number of variables. If you're going to tell me that we should be strict and say that the body is Tomei, what about the case where you have a dead body floating on top of a Sheretz? So you have a mace on top of a Sheretz instead of in a box. Since if it's if you're tame for shara, it's only tame for one day. But if you're tame mace, it's for seven days. It's as if the tuma is placed on a kli, because as far as as far as the body is concerned, this is the same thing as a box. The shara should be no different than a box. Or do we say that even though? Tumas Sheretz lasts one day, and Tumas Mace lasts seven days, we view it like one Chefza of Tumah. We say that is Tumay things floating, and hence I'll even consider the body to be something floating that I could be lenient on. V'yim Tim Tzileimer, again, so we have a Shailah about a box. And if you're going to tell me to be strict on the box, what would be the Halacha of a Sheretz, which it itself also gives off Tumah? Do we consider the Sheretz to be its separate entity, like a Kli? Or one. And if you're going to say that even in that case, I'm sorry, and if you're going to say that in that case, we view the the uh, sharets to be 
Yeah, and if you're going to say that we consider the tuma to be like one that's put inside of a kli, and now we're dealing with tome vadai, we know for sure that you touched it, and we uh, nothing's considered floating here because again he's considered beneath the water surface. So now put aside the laws of mace and say, what about the laws of sheretz and nevela? What if I have a sheretz on top of a dead carcass, that's tamei, an animal carcass, and the carcass is floating? They both give off the same level of toma, a one-day toma, so we'll say it's one, it's one thing, and if somebody touched it, you're automatically tamei. Or maybe, even though they give off the same level of toma, the way they become Tomei is in different measurements. One becomes Tomei by touching the size of a Kezayis, the other one becomes Tomei by touching the size of a Adosha, the size of a lentil. So maybe we would consider it separate, the same way we wouldn't possibly consider the Sheretz and the Mace and the human different. Maybe I would consider the Sheretz and the Nevela different. Sheretz are Gabi Sheretz, hold on, we'll get into the reality of the situation in a moment. What about if you have two Sheretzim? So now one is considered floating and one is considered not floating. Hani vadai chadshirinu, it's exactly the same tumma, and therefore we would say it's considered one entity. I don't know, or perhaps, since it's two separate entities, we're not going to consider it, um, uh, we're not going to consider it uh, one, and the one that's above water in this scenario is not going to be considered a floating tumma. It won't have the leniency of a floating tumma. And if you're going to tell me in this last case, we have two shratzim, one on top of the other, we're going to view it like uh, two separate entities. What about if you have shratz on top of a nevela that's already disintegrated? It's already disintegrated, which means, as we learned previously, about a week ago, a nevela only, only gives off toma when it's in a state of nevela. Once it gets so uh, deteriorates to a certain point, it doesn't even have the status of nevela anymore. Since it's already spoiled and deteriorated, we view it like a, a uh, liquid, and therefore, maybe we should view it like it's mamish part of the water, and now whatever's on top of it is considered floating. Or do we say that Lamaisa, this deteriorated nevela body, does come from something that was a solid, and therefore I can't consider it to be part of the water, and it should separate the sheretz from the water, and the sheretz should not be considered a floating tomb. And if you're going to tell me that we consider the, the uh, spoiled nevela to be, to be a solid that separates the sheretz from the water, sheretz agabi shivchazera mahu, what if you have sheretz on top of uh, shivcha zera, uh, on zera, uh, sperm, semen? Yeah, what if you have, uh, if uh, you have uh, zera, which it itself is, is uh, tame, somebody touches zera, so, so uh, zera itself becomes, uh, zera itself becomes tame, and now I have this floating on top of the zera that's floating on the water. So do we say, if you're going to say that since the zera, when it, when it left the body, it's considered something that has a thicker substance than standard water, which interesting gets into Hilcha Shabbos. 
about smoothing, uh, how thick something needs to be when, in order to smooth it out. At what point is considered a liquid or a solid? Because you're not allowed to take a solid and smear it out. You could take a liquid. It's a whole shayla with uh, soft soap and things of that sort. To, at what point is something considered solid and I'm smoothing it? Or is it liquidy enough that it's considered a liquid all along and now it's just dripping by itself? So interesting, uh, you know, uh, th- this conversation extends beyond just the laws of Tumah. What about a sheretz on top of mechatas, uh, which is the para aduma water mixture, which is like a thicker substance, or the uh, ashes of the para aduma that's floating on top of standard water? The Gemara says, We don't know the answer to all these shilas, and therefore, Tishbi Yataritz, Kushes Rabbayas, we're going to need Aliyah and Avi to come and explain the parameters around what is actually considered a floating Tumma. Again, the reason why we got into all this is because a floating Tumma has leniencies because of the Pasuk. Right? We learned that it has, that, that it, uh, has to be um, similar to the, we learned that from the, the Pasuk referring to the Sharetz and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, on the that's crawling on the face of the earth, and we said oh, something floating on water, we could be lenient, and we want to know what's considered floating as opposed to being on a solid. If I have tumma that's on top of something that's floating, what's the halacha? And that led to the whole imtim uh, slamar. If you're going to say this, what about the next step? And ultimately, the Gemara says, we don't have a clear messiah in it, and therefore, if you want to know practically speaking, we're going to have to be strict as far as the hilchas uh, daraisa and lenient with hilchas derabana. Okay, beautiful. End of the Gemara. Now we turn to Samach Dalid, Omud base. Omar Rav Hamnuna. Rav Hamnuna says, Nazir Va'isa Pesach. Now remember, we learned that when you have a unknown Tumah, a Tumah Satahim, we're lenient by Nazir and Isa Pesach. By Truma, we're Machmir. That's what we learned yesterday. So you're going to be considered tuma as far as truma is concerned. As far as a nazir concerned, we're not going to keep you. We're not going to consider you to be tummy, and you can still bring a carbon pesach. So Rav Nuna says, if you have a nazir and a pesach, somebody in these two situations, they walked over a kever at the home. Nobody knew that there was tuma there, and it was their seventh day of becoming tahir. Tahir. The halacha is, keep going, Still, a, you, you start your naziris, you bring your carbon Pesach, there's no issue. My taima, delay alima, tumas hatahayim, Tumas based upon the psukim we learned yesterday, does not have the kayach, does not have the, the, the strength to cause a loss of kedusha in these situations. Person's a nazir, doesn't lose out. Person's carbon pesach, we're not going to stop the carbon pesach from uh, because of uh, Thomas at time. This is an incredible concept where you have something that's mamish tum. You have a mace that gives off tuma. It's an incredible thing, but because it's totally unknown, says the pasuk, Thomas at time, you are not tummy. You're not tummy. Completely unknown. Masiv Rava, Rava says. Our Mishnah said, if a guy went down to a cave, he went down to a mikveh, a body of water, and he was tummy, and he's going down, what's, why is he going into the water? 
to take a dip to remove the Tumah, and now he touches the floating Tumah, possibly. Tumah. Shecheskas Tumah Tumah, Shecheskas Tardar. Because you have a Chazaka being Tumah. Now, however, if you went down to this cave just to take a swim, and you weren't Tumah, and you're unsure whether you touched it, you're fine. Okay. The question is that... Our Mishnah says very clearly, this guy's going to the mikveh from Tomei Mace. What day of what, what day is it for him for his purification? Day seven. That's when you go to the mikveh. If you're Tomei Mace, on the last day you go to the mikveh and you become Torah that night. So he's going into the cave. He must be Tomei. And we say that you are since you have a chazaka being Tomei, and you may have touched it, you remain Tomei. So why does Rav Hamnuna say that Tomas Hatahaim is going, uh, Tomas Hatahaim is not going to impact anything? It's not true. It's not true. Here you, have a, here you have a situation and our Mishnah says you follow Chazaka. Follow Chazaka. Why are, we, why are we lenient on, on Nazir and Isa Pesach? I don't understand. Like, what, what's happening here? So, Amar Leib, Ramunah says, Nazir By a Nazir, you're right. By a Nazir, we should be Machmir because he was in a state of Tumah at the time that he found this Tumah uh, Satahim. So there I'll be Maskim. Amar Leib, Rav says, Well, let me tell you something. Um, once you're agreeing with me by a Nazir, I'll agree with you uh, about the about the carbon pesach. Okay, meaning if you have a guy who who had he was part of a chabura for a carbon pesach, and it turns out that he had he had uh, become tummy through tumas atahaim, finds out he already already made all the preparations. Comes out his tummy tumas atahaim. I agree. Since he's been tahar all, all along, and there's nothing that he's missing. For his purification process, he'll remain tahar. But he doesn't have sunset. Doesn't have sunset. So what the Gemara is asking is like this. Abai is asking that let's say you have somebody who taka was tahar. Who taka was tummy. And now it's on the seventh day. But now he went to the mikvah. So he removed part of it. But he's still considered a tful yon. He still doesn't have sunset to completely remove his tummah. So now he does have a small element of tummah on him. And we should say he doesn't necessarily have a, chaz, a cheskas tara. Just because he went to the mikvah now, doesn't give him a cheskas tara. Amarlei, Sarabra says, Shimsha memela arva. Yeah, he has a cheskas tara. You know why? Because Lamaisa, he did whatever has to be done. There's never, in a very long time, I mean, we had uh, the sun waiting for Yoshua, but in a very long time, the sun has set every day. Okay? Without fail. And therefore, it's happening automatically. And he's done what, as long as the, the activities for Tara that need to be done, he's carried out. If the only thing missing is something that's happening naturally, we already give Mecheskes Tara. Even if he's not totally Tar, but you did whatever needs to be done, and all you're waiting for is the sun to set, you've already re entered Cheskes Tara. Strange. But, but if you would be outside somewhere, you did one. I mean, if you would be exposed to the... Exposed to what? If you're standing out in the sun. Yeah. So you're going to be tar? 
Even yeah. Though, even though the day is not over? Well, you wouldn't have Tumas at the home. Is there Tumas at the home? Uh, unexpected Tumas? As long as I did whatever needs to be done for my Tumas, the only thing I'm needed... Here's the Chiddush. Here's the Chiddush. Let's pause. A Tvul Yom is like a... You're not in limbo, but you're in limbo. Let me explain. Somebody's tummy mace, tummy for seven days. You go to the mikvah on day seven. You've removed most of your tumma, but there's certain things you're still not allowed to do. You're like in between tumma tara. So let me ask you a question: Do you now have a step? Now that you're in between, do you have a chazaka of tumma or tar? Like as far as chazaka is concerned, how do we view you? We know the halachas of tefillah, but you really removed kimat all. The restrictions on Tumma. Well, other than the day's not over. Other than the day's not over. So if something were to happen, out suffix, do we view you like you're entering the suffix Tumma as a Tahar person or do we view you as a Tummy person? And there's big ramifications of that. There's very big ramifications. The Afabai Hodabait. And ultimately, Abaye, who asks, I, Shimshum Amel, even Abaye, who asked, Vari Machusker, Her of Shemesh, but I, the sun hasn't yet set, he, Lemaisa, backed out and agreed with Rava. How do I know that at the time? Because there's a Brysa which says, Yoyim Melois Tavi. On the day that she completes her days of purity after a woman gives birth, so uh, there's going to be. Uh, for a female, forty days of purity. Uh, for a yeah, forty days and eighty days, right? Whether it's male or female. So if it's malais savion, her last day, she's going to bring another carbon toich malais lais savi. But let's say she had a miscarriage before the eightieth day. So then she's not going to bring any more carbonus, and we're going to say that any any uh, carbon that uh, she's bringing for her miscarriage is going to take. Place of the other one as well. Yochel, I would think she does not going to bring a carbon for any sort of um, miscarriage that she had before the original baby girl was born. But she should bring another carbon for anything that happens after the uh, you know after she completes her eighty day period. Therefore, it says on the completion of her eighty days of Tara, she brings a carbon, which means Savi on the day of the on her eightieth day, if she has a miscarriage, she's going to bring another carbon for the miscarriage. But if the miscarriage happens beforehand, then she's still going to bring one carbon for both. You get the case? Yeah, eighty days after a woman gives birth to a girl, so she completes her. Tahar days, or you may Tara, Damleda, it's called. So, if, when a woman gives birth to a girl, there's 14 days of Toma, and then any Dam seen till day 80 is going to be considered Tahar blood. Okay? Now, 80 days is two and a half months. It's two and a half months from birth. So, what happens if she, she went to the mikvah? She's Tahar, she's together with her husband 40 days after having a baby. And then she miscarries that second child on day 80. So usually she's going to bring a carbon for the first child when she completes her days of purity. Now she's 
she had already had another birth, a miscarriage that she's that uh, you it's, a miscarriage considered a birth. She's gonna bring a carbon for that too. So the question is whether you bring a separate carbon for the miscarriage or not. So the the pasuk lets us know that if the miscarriage happens on the 80th day, then she would bring two separate carbonis. If it doesn't happen, uh, if it happens before, then her one carbon after day 80 could suffice for both, takes place of both. Amar of Kahana, of Kahana says, shiny hacha de mechasra carbon. I'll tell you, there's a difference between the two scenarios. The, two, the difference is that uh, um, she hasn't yet brought her carbon. She hasn't, she hasn't yet brought her carbon. So by one, we're waiting for the tara to come. By the other one, we're waiting for the carbon to come. But in, there, in the other case as well, we're, we're missing nightfall of, after the 80 days. We're missing nightfall of the 81st day. And if she has a miscarriage, then why don't we consider it to be like she hasn't uh, completed her days? The same svar we said before, since she did whatever had to be done, and now all we're waiting is for the sun to set on its own, we consider her to already have completed her responsibilities, hence her time is over. Okay, period. Zok the Mishnah, let's just wrap up today's daf, and we will get back to this Mishnah, Bez Hashem, tomorrow, we'll pick up from here. Hamaitzi Meis Betchila, Hamaitzi Meis Betchila, a person who finds a Meis, uh, for the first time, Mushkov Kedarkai, Nightlai asked to Fasai. So, if if it's um, looks like it was uh, put there in a regular manner, Kedarkai, in the usual derech, so then you could move it along with the earth that's underneath it. Fine. What, what does that mean? Usually, you can't just like exhume bodies. If you find one Jewish body that looks like that it was somebody had buried it there but it's not in the right place and it's the first time like there's no there's no other there's no bodies buried around you're allowed to exhume that body and rebury it somewhere else nightly as tufas with with the earth underneath it shnaimi finds two bodies nightly as tufas you could take them both with the earth matsashlaisha what about three bodies mh benzel is midal ramas vachmaina if there's um between each one, four to eight amas, harezu shchunas kvaris. This is already considered a cemetery, and um, he's not allowed to start. He's not allowed to start moving them around. Uh, let's just finish this mission. I'll give you a fascinating things that are going on right now with this. Top of samachay by the commandal alon esim ama. He's got to uh, check uh, another twenty amas to make sure there's no more graves. He finds another uh, coffin. And that uh, or burial place and twenty amas by the commandal alone as from ama sharaglaim ladavers hilut chilas meitzai nightly as to fasai because if he uh, uh, even though this is the first time he found it he would have been allowed to move it together with the earth that's under that's underneath it we'll, we'll pause here we'll give more of instruction to this mishnah I just want to explain what's happening if you have uh, people who are buried and it seems the intent was they shouldn't be buried there permanently. The halacha is you're allowed to move that body for lesser reasons than we otherwise would be makbid on. Usually, usually we'll be makbid. You can't just move a body just to move a body because for convenience. But if the body was put there temporarily, you can. And where does this come up? Right now, this is going on big time.
don't want to go too much into details of it because uh, uh, know a little too much um, and uh, I don't want to stir up any any issues. During COVID, there, when Eretz Yisrael shut, all the levayas of people who purchased plots in Eretz Yisrael, they took place in New York and Lakewood, they buried them in New York and Lakewood, and then when COVID was over, when the borders opened up, the plan was that those bodies should be taken to Eretz Yisrael. It's not so pushing. It's not each one becomes, there's lawsuits and this and that. Sometimes you have, after the burial, you have family members that say, no, mom's already here for four months. Mom's already, dad's already been here for a year and a half. And uh, he, granted, he wrote in his will that he wanted there to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. But uh, if, if he would have known that, that his body would be taken after 15 months of decomposing and how difficult and all these things, he wouldn't have wanted that. There's, there's a lot of machleks uh, that have taken place in families and lawsuits against cemeteries. And their cemeteries, want to get, they want to get the people out. Sure. Because these people didn't purchase regular... Pl- they, they're, 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 uh, I know a specific cemetery where they, they made additional areas of the cemetery into plots that were supposed to be border areas where nobody was supposed to be buried there. But they knew these bodies were going to be taken to Eretz Yisrael. And now the, some of the families are saying, no, we're not taking the bodies. We want to leave it right there. So now we're going to do, pick up the body to move it. It's mom. It's gotten very complicated with, uh, with, in this area. Okay, we'll hold it here. Best we'll pick up from the, we'll go back to the Mishnah tomorrow.